0: the Leadership Lessons Podcast, hosted by Pastor
1: Daniel Williams, a podcast to encourage and equip church leaders. Brought to you by eeleaders.com.
0: Well hey everyone, we are back at it again covering another great big topic about our team, culture. That's right, in this week's episode we're gonna be talking about culture, and culture are one of those things that, man, you really sometimes can't describe it very well, but you could definitely feel it. It's a set of behaviors that people have in churches, in organizations, even in families. And oftentimes people in the organization may not even notice as much as new people coming in. We may just love it or new people may just hate it. Uh, And so culture is one of those things where it's a feeling, but it's so important uh, for the church and especially church leaders to understand what culture is because they help shape the culture of the church. We as church leaders need to pay attention to the set of behaviors that people have in our organizations and the people that we lead in our teams because it matters to people. Even if they can't truly give you a good definition of culture, uh, they understand what it is, and they will either love it or they'll either hate it. And so I wanted to interview someone who I thought shapes culture really well. It's Pastor uh, Dave Shamil. Um, I always call him Dave Smiley, or Smiley, uh, because he's just so full of joy, such a great guy, always encouraging and smiling, and he's the campus pastor at Christ Fellowship, and I just love Christ Fellowship's culture. They uh, impart culture to their leaders, to the people in their church very, very well. And they are just such loving and great people and uh, just really shape culture really well over many campuses. Many of you know in South Florida, there are uh, at least 10 to 20,000 people uh, every weekend partaking in worship services all over South Florida through Christ Fellowship. And so um, I'm just blessed to know this guy, a great guy, uh, campus pastor at the main campus, and really wanted to talk to him because I feel like campus pastors really uh, take the vision of the executive team and pass it on to the body really well and are always doing it and so he oh man this interview is so so good he had a lot of great stuff to say it's such good content and so I got to sat down with my friend Dave to talk about culture and this content was so good I can't wait for you to hear it glad and blessed that he was able to share and so this is the interview I had with Dave Shamil from Christ Fellowship Hey, everyone. I'm here with David Smiley. No, it's <laughs> Sim, Sim Eel. Sim, Sim Eel. 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 Yeah, that's yes, it. We, we joke around a lot about his last name, but you always are smiling. You have so much joy for life and uh, blessed to be able to come together today and talk about culture. Yeah. And before we do that, can you just give us a little heads up of who you are? Uh, thank you for letting us pronounce your name.
1: Correctly. Yes. Yeah. It's so. so important to get the pronunciation of that Italian name. Right. Mm. Uh, but, uh, man, I've known Dan now or Daniel, I don't know if it's Dan or Daniel. Uh, for just a, a couple of years, we did some ministry kind of close together, uh, down in, uh, uh, the South part of our County for a while before I transitioned to another campus location. I, I've been in full-time ministry for about 18 years in the last nine and a half years, had the privilege of serving right here in Palm Beach County at Fellowship Church, a multi site church in our county, and uh, been on staff at a couple different campuses. And yeah. uh, in that, that's how I got connected with you. And what I love is that we're part of this movement called Church United. Yeah. And Church United is church leaders from all different uh, backgrounds and uh, faith expressions and philosophy of ministry, but uh, the essentials are the same. And uh, we're linked arm in arm to see transformation in our region. So I love what God's doing in Del Rey, yeah. and I'm excited about what. God's doing right here in Palm Beach Gardens and what God's doing wherever you are. Yeah.
0: And so today I thought it would be a great thing to talk to you about culture because you work at a a fairly larger church with multiple campuses. You have to be strategic. uh, You have to be on point with your values, with creating uh, good communications and systems to make sure everyone's on the same page. And so we're going to talk about culture today. We're going to talk about how do you create that in your teams? How do you um, just be able to lead a uh, group yeah. of people yeah. to do to do some great things so let's first define culture how would you describe culture what is culture
1: today? yeah you know, I, I think, too, that over the last couple of years, like culture is this buzzword, right? Yeah. And so Merriam-Webster, when you get on their website, you can actually uh, look at what are some of the most Googled words or, or searched words. And just a couple of years ago, culture was at the top of that list. And uh-huh. uh, I, I think culture can um, is it, kind of like this. It's, it's hard to define, but easy to experience. Yeah. So hard to define, but easy to experience. Think about Chick-fil-A. Like they have a culture at Chick-fil-A that is just for service, what they call second mile, second nature. When you go to Disney, there is a culture of Disney, hard to define, but uh, what, what I love about Disney, you never see their employees eating when you go around. And, and you might not live in South Florida or get a chance to go to Orlando, but Disney employees, I don't know when they eat, I don't know when they use the restroom, but you never see them in those places. Yeah. Uh, they, they don't do that. Disney has a culture. And so while it is, um, um, Hard to define, easy to experience. And we all have a culture. Mm -hmm. You have a culture. You have a family culture. You have a a church culture. I have a family culture. I have a church culture. uh, Internationally, different cultures. And so uh, I I think one of the ways that it can be defined, actually Sam Chan, Pastor Sam Chan, wrote a book a couple of years ago called Cracking Your Church's Culture Code and actually just came out with an updated version of that book. And in there, he says that culture is uh, um, how you do what you want to accomplish. Uh, How you do things is how he defines it. Uh, Another definition of culture that that I like is uh, from a mentor friend of mine. His name is Lance Witt. Lance defines culture this way. He says, the collective personality of an organization composed of assumptions, beliefs, traditions, values, and attitudes. And so culture, uh, is it it doesn't have to be this thing that's mystical and and that you can't define. It's just easier to experience than it is to define. But we all have a culture and all of our churches uh, have a culture. And I'm excited about this kind of interview today as we talk about the importance of culture and what it means for our leadership.
0: Yeah. And so let's dig deeper into that. Why is it important for you to identify your culture in your local church uh, as a leader and um, to just know how to impact your culture in, in the local church.
1: Yeah, um, we we talk about culture a lot at our church, and I'm sure you do at yours as well. And uh, culture for us is something that absolutely needs to be Uh, defined and measured. And I think some people go, well, yeah, we know our mission and we know our vision, uh, but mission and vision, uh, they're important to execute culture. But if you don't have the right culture, you won't be able to execute that mission and vision that God has given you for your church. Mm -hmm. Uh, I was just in a meeting earlier this week and uh, some some people, because we have not figured out everything about culture, by the way, and the kind of church culture. Are you sure? We are not the perfect church, Dan. We're not. Okay. Uh, But Redemption Hill, they've got uh, culture uh, figured out
0: i will say this christ fellowship is amazing at culture they are just you could tell when you're around christ fellowship people they're always encouraging yeah loving they're supportive thank you uh they're that's one of the reasons why why i did want to interview you yeah uh, about culture because you i feel like you guys express who you are in multiple ways and multiple locations so well and so good
1: and i think the reason why we're able to do that, and I'll, again, not—I'll get you—I'll get back to why it's not perfect. But I think the reason why we've been able to do that is because we have clearly defined our mission, our vision and our values. We have five values uh, at Christ Fellowship, what we call core values, uh, and then we have ten leadership values that we teach our staff uh, and our and our volunteers on a regular basis. We'll talk more about that. I can make those available uh, in the show notes as well. But uh, because we're so clear on mission, vision, and values, yeah. that allows us to have what I would say are gates to our culture. And so because we have that kind of clarity, we know what we want to keep in and we know what we want to keep and we want there to be congruence between what we say and what people experience like we can't say uh, one of our favorite phrases here at Christ Fellowship is welcome home Mm -hmm. we can't say welcome home and then when you show up unannounced be like what are you doing here you know (laughs) Uh, and and so many times I think pastors feel like they're getting interrupted by a drop-in or a phone call that they weren't expecting that kind of thing but for us I mean, you could show up at home anytime, and so when people come and it's there's not an appointment, there's not a schedule. Our facial, uh, uh, body language, our tone with them all needs to express that welcome home. We're glad you're here. Uh, kind of experience with people, and that's good. I think I think part of that too is like i know my responsibility as a campus pastor and this is true for senior pastors uh leaders in the church that that we are what i call ccos we are chief culture officers yeah we are ccos and you might be like i've never had a cco title before you've got it now Mm -hmm. you are the chief culture officer wherever you worship wherever you lead wherever you work and because of that you're owning it and and you are you're communicating that culture now In my role, uh, I lead in what some people call a second chair position, right? And so our senior leaders, they have uh, collectively and collaboratively defined what our mission values uh, and and vision are for our church. So I don't get to create culture. I'm a culture carrier. And as a a CCO, my job is to carry the culture and to be one of those gatekeepers, to protect the culture, to make sure it's there. And the other thing I would say is that, like, I think it's my responsibility and our staff's responsibility to stir the culture. Here's what I mean about stir the culture. My wife grew up uh, in Virginia. She's a Southern belle, and uh, she makes incredible sweet tea. But there's a secret to sweet tea. you got to stir the sugar, and you got to stir the sugar long enough that all that sugar dissolves throughout that sweet tea. The best sweet tea has been stirred appropriately, and it's the same thing with culture. Yeah. The, best, the best organizations that have culture, they are constantly stirring the sugar, making sure that everybody in the organization, whether it's in the walls of the church or outside the church, uh, is living up to the culture that's been defined.
0: Yeah, and I could see you stirring the sugar all over, even when I came into uh, your office, waiting, looking around the lobby, all this. I could see the values are up. Yeah. Um, I dropped in on someone. They welcomed me, you know, like all that different stuff. What are some ways that you express um, the culture, express your values to people that may not be um, coming to the leadership meetings, may not... um, be coming to you know be a part of the church for a year but they're brand new. how do you express the culture to those people?
1: Yeah I, I would say uh, we are expressing culture intentionally and in almost everything we do, if not everything we do. So every weekend you come to Christ Fellowship, you're gonna hear something related to the mission of our church. Here's our mission. We are called to impact our world with the love and message of Jesus Christ, everyone, every day, everywhere. And so you're gonna hear that either in the message, you're gonna hear that in an inspirational moment in the service, Mm -hmm. uh, as we tell stories of transformation, you're gonna hear that. Uh, Vision, We, we have a heart and a dream To see radical transformation in our region and I've already used the word transformation with Dan like and we're linked arm in arm with Church United for radical transformation in our region and we know that's bigger than our church Uh we've got to work with partner churches we've got to work with other people in the community to see that and so you're going to hear it on platforms Um, you're going to read it on signs you said you saw it on the walls Uh, it's posted Uh, it's printed on t-shirts it's on coffee mugs it's 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 everywhere we are and so I think people they can't always articulate it, um, but when they do articulate it and they haven't been here long enough, that's when we know we win. And those are the kinds of things we celebrate as yeah. a staff. And so when people come and they've been here for a couple of weeks and they go and they go, man, it just feels like family. We're like, oh my word, we didn't plant the word family, but that's exactly the heart that we have because we believe that church isn't a building you walk into, but it's a family you belong to. And so when people start saying that and having that and that we didn't plant that seed, it's just coming out of them. That's when we know that we're communicating the kind of culture, the place that we want to be.
0: Yeah. And having a healthy culture is so important. Like I've heard it say that culture trumps strategy all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Like just... 100 yeah. percent.
1: Right, right. Uh, Peter Drucker, he's the guy that said that uh, culture eats strategy for lunch, and and yeah. and it, it is so important that we uh, we recognize the importance of culture, but. What I think, again, has been the reason why culture is something that we've been known for, or people want to learn the Christ Fellowship way, or the kind of culture that we have, is because we have clear mission, vision, and values. Mm-hmm. And those mission, vision, and values, by the way, that that was uh, a, a corporate decision. I think what happens is sometimes leaders um, uh, isolate themselves. Yeah, They spend time with the Lord. They have the purest heart of intention, and they go, okay, this is the kind of church we want to be. And this isolated solo leader defines the kind of church that they want to be or the kind of ministry that they want to have. And then they go and they sell that to a group of people who didn't get an opportunity to buy in. They didn't get an opportunity to collaborate. They didn't get an opportunity to say, oh, that's me. Or yeah, that's what I want to, that's what I want to be a part of. And so having a collaborative um, culture uh, is going to help people own the mission, own the vision and values which is going to allow uh, for that maximum impact. It is so important and people are attracted to it. Yeah, I think this is why um, people go to all different sizes of churches. People go to all different expressions of churches. Uh, people um, sacrifice maybe a worship experience or even a teaching experience to be a part of a church culture that meets how they're wired and attracts them to be a part of that. There is a study in Forbes magazine that was talking about the importance of culture and organizations and in the in the study they talked about that people, uh, the, the, the 20% of leaders that you would want, the highest capacity leaders, what they're more attracted to than compensation, more than the bottom line, more than, than what they're going to make, is the kind of company culture that they're going to be a part of mm. and so culture is so important. This is why People are choosing to worship in whatever church you're leading and the churches that we're leading is because yeah. the culture that we've created there.
0: Yeah, and it, it, what I'm hearing is culture is very important, so you're intentional. Yeah. You're intentional about even how you come up with your mission, your vision, your values to so do yeah. it with people so there's buy-in and because, you know, you're the gatekeeper of the culture. You're the leader, but yet you realize that you're not the only one. There's no. multiple people on your team, yep. on your staff. Um, and so how do you impart the values and the system and the culture to to help them like pick up that mantle and help you create culture as well
1: yeah Uh, our senior leaders have charged us with uh, this idea again of stirring the sugar but in every staff meeting uh, i don't have to pray about a devotional thought or idea to bring to our team I know I'm going to teach on one of our core values, or I'm going to teach on one of our leader values. And I may do that in a different way. So we've got a core value at our church uh, that's called um, inside out. And so inside out means that we're going to steward our lives uh, with integrity, right? And so we're going to live from the inside out uh, integrity and prayer. And so I'm going to talk about Joseph in the Old Testament, and we're going to uh, just talk about the commitments that he made in his heart that when uh, when Potiphar's wife came after, he had already made the decision what he was gonna do. Joseph was an inside out kind of leader. And so I'm gonna talk about Joseph, but I'm gonna put in our core value. And so every staff meeting, we're talking about vision and values. and then in our staff we we actually have a system that we can do reviews and i don't know how that works for you at your church or your one-on-ones with your team and and what you do with the, with the staff or high capacity volunteers that you're leading is that uh those mission vision and values are a part of our conversations yeah. and a part of our reviews so we do annual reviews here we measure how a person is living out our core values and then if there's a corrective conversation, which is a, sometimes a hard conversation for pastors, but we need to be having them. In fact, if you're not having um, corrective conversations with staff or volunteers, uh, I'd encourage you that I think part of discipleship is the discipline. And, and it's the, those what we would call discipleship conversations that uh, we need to go somewhere with a leader to maybe reveal a blind spot or potentially even a sin issue, uh, a blind spot that has led to a sin issue, whatever that may be. But when we have a corrective conversation, we are using our core values and our leadership values as a, as the, hey, uh, we have a spirit of grow to go. That's another one of our core values here. And if someone is saying, I don't need that meeting, I don't need that training, I've already been through that before, like, hey, our our value of grow to go, remaining teachable to be usable, you've got to be a part of these trainings. You've got and that's who we are. Yeah. And and because that's so defined, I think sometimes too, even in our interview process and as people are coming on for membership and to be a part of our church, they hear that and they're either attracted to that culture or they're like, I don't know that this is the place for me. I don't know that I can <laughs> live all these things out. But yeah. some that's it's very attractive when a church has that defined culture because it it closes to the gaps and the cracks. Started earlier talking about um, uh, a crack in our culture. So just just this week I was in a meeting and someone was like, hey, I've been trying to volunteer here for six months and here's six different things that happened during my experience of trying to volunteer here. And the bottom line through all that uh, person's attempts to volunteer and to get involved uh, was a lack of communication on our end. But what I love is that Um, this individual didn't fall into a gaping hole, uh, but she fell into a crack. We can save people that are are slipping into the cracks. She brought it to our attention. That's not our culture. We can fix cracks. But if we had a gaping hole that people were falling into and we didn't even know, that would make me extremely nervous. But what culture does for us is it's so defined it's it's gated it's protected and yes people are might might uh, stumble into a crack but we're going to pull them out and we're going to get better as an organization and that conversation i just thank that lady and said thank you so much uh for letting me know because if you didn't let me know i wouldn't know that this had happened and we're going to get better uh as as a team because of what you brought to me and so uh, those kinds of conversation lead us to to address our culture
0: hmm. So Dave, how do you see culture work out on the negative side? Uh, if you're not intentional, if you're not pouring into your team for yeah. this, how, do, how have you seen culture um, sort of bite the church, uh, sort of um, open up those big gaps and, and yeah. work yeah. terrible?
1: <laughs> You know, some people say that all healthy things grow. Uh-huh. Uh, the reality is, is that healthy and unhealthy things grow. Yeah. So when I think about unhealthy things that grow, I think about the weeds in my front yard, oh, you know, yeah. uh, uh, guys, toenails, you know, that's just unhealthy growth right there. And so uh, in reality, cancer grows, it's unhealthy. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think what makes healthy culture Growing different is the intentionality there, and when you lack intentionality with your culture, you're gonna you are going to have an unhealthy culture. And what happens in unhealthy culture? What I've come to recognize with that is that this is when leaders lack intentionality, and what they tolerate uh, is systemic in the organization. So if they tolerate uh, a, a lack of respect, or if they tolerate um, a, a culture that is um, title-driven, um, that uh, it's a hierarchy and authority and dominion and power that uh, all of a sudden everybody's going to be in the organization using their title and trumping others with, do you know who I am? Do you know what I do? What my yeah. responsibilities are? And so uh, things begin to uh, unravel and become unhealthy when those those leaders lack intentionality uh, and they lack taking the step. And I think when I think about unhealthy Um, culture and how that's even impacted our church and uh, I'm sure other churches is you know we live in a uh, in a world that social media has opened up the door for people to express what they're against yeah. And um, we, uh, for a while, uh, some people were using their social media outlets on our staff and high capacity volunteer leaders in a way that was in a tone that was different than uh, the tone of our church, our mm-hmm. heart. And so we started talking about, we wanted, we wanted to be known as a church, um, uh, what we're for not what we're against. Mm-hmm. And so I think churches sometimes are uh, uh, become so adamant about what they're against, whether it's a Supreme Court ruling or what's happening in a, in a political campaign or uh, what's happening in our world and across businesses, that they're raising their voice for what they're against. And now the church is being seen as uh, uh, bitter, hypocritical, uh, uh, racially insensitive, or whatever it may be. And so we want to encourage, uh, we had to begin to encourage really a culture that was saying, hey, we want to be known what we're for. And so just even changing those tones. And and you've seen unhealthy culture organizations. I, I, I think about a couple years ago, this whole report came out about Amazon uh-huh. and how the Amazon culture of the employee uh, was one of the worst places to work for. They had a culture issue, right? They they had to fix some things because some things were unhealthy and they got better. Um, and you think about a healthy culture in the business world, you got Zappos that uh, just while that Amazon was uh, was falling down because of their culture, Zappos culture was being talked about and expressed in those ways. And, yeah. and you know unhealthy culture. You, you don't go to a restaurant that you had a bad experience with the server or the waitstaff or uh the hostess you can tell when you're around that 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 bad culture and here's the thing i think sometimes church leaders we go okay we're going to set vision But we put vision on top of toxic culture. Mm. We put values, new values, on top of a bad culture. And we can't start with the vision and values. We've got to fix the culture. And the culture has to help develop the vision and the values. I think that's what's going to make it healthy.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. So um, just sort of as we close and thinking about culture, are there any last uh, things or thoughts that you have that you'd want to encourage us just on this subject to learn and to grow and things that you know, you've learned from your
1: experience. I, I, I think part of this is you cannot, um, you can't measure what you don't monitor. And so uh, I, I think some people, um, a lot of church pastors, we talk about measuring nickels and noses, right? Yeah. How, how many noses were, were in the building on Sunday and how many nickels came in the offering? There is so much more to measure. Um, There's engagement to measure. There's serving to measure. There's baptisms and salvations to measure. But I also think there's values. To measure there's vision to measure there's culture to measure and so i would just make sure that there's a dashboard somewhere in your world where you are actually measuring the culture of your church the kind of place that you want to be how you're teaching culture how you're reinforcing that culture hmm. um, if you're the cco yeah. that chief culture officer who's your yeah. number two who's the second one on your team that's the chief culture officer and how do you get three and four people. How do you get multiple people coming, stirring in your mind when you think about the, the people who kind of lead uh, that, that uh, drive for culture for you? And then, Dan, I just I put together um, um, just a couple questions uh, that might be good for Reflective uh, as, as you're thinking about culture in your organization. So yeah. is your culture clear and is it defined? Um, I began this interview today talking about it's it's hard to define but easy to experience. Yeah. But when we when we talked about those organizations Disney you can they've defined their culture mm-hmm. Chick-fil-A they've defined their culture Christ Fellowship, we've we've defined our culture yeah. Del Rey redemption you've defined your culture. that culture has to be defined uh-huh. um, and then is your culture building uh, building uh, a healthy culture or is it or is your culture eroding Uh, the the church from the inside out and this is what happens it's it's a small fade right you sometimes you don't recognize it before it's too late so the question is is it building or is it eroding and and this is not about um, the exterior results this is about interior heart right of your team the soul of your team what's happening there and then um, uh, again just how are you measuring it making sure that you've got a way uh, to measure culture in your organization for us that means it's coming out in reviews. Uh, we actually are, are giving out guest surveys, and so those guest surveys help us measure mm-hmm. what people experience when they come to our church. Yeah. and uh, that's what we're trying to measure to help help people. So
0: with those measurements, what, yeah. what is how do you measure a value or the culture in that sense? Like, what are some? Can you give us some examples of what that looks like?
1: Yes. because you know
0: we measure the the butts in the budget. Yep. Right, but what are some other things that you look to for? culture measurements.
1: So we are, we are going to look at those guest surveys. So we ask people, what's the first thing you noticed when you came onto the building, when you came onto the campus or came to the church? And how people respond to that question is very telling. Now, that doesn't give us uh, an, an exact uh, measurement on who that is, but if they go, man, I, I recognize that it was really hard for me to find a parking spot. Well, for us, that would go, man, we, we have a culture. We want people to feel at home. We want them to have a, a, a great experience. And it's it's more than just a great church experience. Yeah. Um, we don't want a bad church experience to, to uh, inhibit or block them experiencing the presence of Christ, right? Experiencing yeah. the presence of the Holy Spirit. At the end of the day, what we are concerned most about is what happens in the moment of the service where the Holy Spirit's drawing them in. But if they're coming in bad parking experience, bad children's check-in experience. Nobody said welcome home to them. Uh, Nobody held a door open for them. That kind of stuff matters. So that guest survey is one way that we measure Uh um, that. And then our, our stories of transformation every week. My favorite day of the week at Christ Fellowship is actually Wednesday. It's our staff meeting day. We bring all of our team together across all of our campuses. We meet here and we tell two to three stories every week of of the win of what God's doing and and the transformation that's happening there. But what we're looking for is people, uh, uh, their statements that they make, like the person that says it feels like family or the person that says, uh, man, I, I, I just, I love uh, the heart of excellence of Christ Fellowship. We have a leadership value that our excellence increases our influence mm-hmm. and so when people start talking about how we care for our buildings and how we care for people and all that they start talking that when we share those stories we go oh we're winning we're winning because the the culture is catching on for people yeah yeah
0: well thanks for sharing man thanks for being intentional knowing um just how to define those things and help us to define culture because it is important as leaders that we pay attention to these things yeah and we steward these things well i think sometimes we forget that um culture is played out through people. We're to steward people and disciple them and point them to God. God has a culture. He's a loving God. And sometimes people forget about this, but he's defined who he is in the word of God, and we can actually measure. Are we walking in light? Are we walking in love? These type of things. And so, although you didn't have a Bible verse,
1: no, but I'm, Paul, Paul, I'm so Paul's my CCO in the New oh, Testament. You know ahead. what I'm saying? He's oh, a chief yeah. culture officer. Oh, totally. You know, he's going to tell you how to live yeah. and how not to live. Uh, it's all in there. But you're going to bring a lesson or you've already brought the lesson That's by the right. time we Listen, watch this. The
0: thing is, is so, so many times, especially with this podcast, we want to talk about the practical application yeah. of God's word. And so, yep. um, you know, we want to be able to, as church leaders, not just hear the word of God, but to apply it. That's and right. And to make yeah. disciples. Yeah, And that's being a prince of Jesus, walking in his ways. And um, Jesus is the best culture maker ever. Yeah. Yeah. He actually snatches people from darkness into light. There's a verse. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but he loves us. He cares about us. He and does. So now, because he makes things new, we're walking in his ways, and we need to actually process it, plan it out. So I appreciate you helping us process culture, yeah. process Uh, How do we actually measure things accordingly and being intentional and just doing those things? And and, uh, like I said, man, I I love Christ Fellowship. I love all you guys are doing. I love you, Dave. We love redemption uh, and what's
1: happening there.
0: So we appreciate you listening. And uh, thank you guys so much just for learning about culture with us. Well, a part of our culture at EE leaders in this community is learning from one another. And so it's so cool to be able to introduce you guys to like Dave and and other friends, even locally here in South Florida from just friends all over the world. Uh, People like you contribute to this podcast, and so I'm so grateful for that being able to learn from you and it's so good to be able to learn from uh, so many different tribes so many different uh, people that are reaching people for jesus and contribute and um, oftentimes i'll tell you on the podcast hey reach out to me i'd love to learn from you if you've written a new book or uh, just want to chat or get coffee or anything like that uh, you can email me at daniel at Com, Daniel at eeleaders.com. And one person that reached out to me a few months ago was a guy named Thane Ringler. Uh, he actually, uh, not Ringler, Ringler, uh, Thane Ringler, uh, he actually reached out to me um a few months ago as he was writing his first book and we had just a great discussion over the phone got to pray with one another it was just sweet getting to know this guy he's out of la and this is one of the reasons i love technology Uh, we were able to call facetime email do all these different things and so um, he wrote his first book called From Here to There, A Quarter Life Perspective on the Path to Mastery. And I love being able to see young, godly leaders. He definitely loves uh, God, has a passion for God, a passion for Jesus, uh, and a passion for his people. Loving God's people and, and just people around him. And so you can check out uh, his ministry, Thane's ministry, at thanemarcus.com. That is Thane marcus.com and he's really going to be talking today about leading yourself when we talk about culture we can't lead others until we first lead ourselves, because what we do people will follow them so we need to impart who we are on to others and so i thought it was a good fit to put his one piece of advice in this episode i hope that you enjoy
1: you're listening to one piece of advice brought to you by eeleaders.com A ministry to encourage and equip church leaders.
2: Hey guys, my name is Thane Ringler and this is my one piece of advice. You have to lead yourself well before you can lead others well. This is true for Jesus, Peter, and it's true for us who are shepherding and leading others in the church and the body. Uh, What this means is that we're taking ownership of our lives of the decisions the actions we make and we're never settling for less than God's called us to and we start by doing that with ourselves before we can do that with others uh, this doesn't uh, this is not a one-time thing right and this is not a when I feel like it type of idea this is a daily practice uh, we see this both in the New Testament and the Old Testament in the New Testament Paul, one of my favorite sections of scripture in Philippians 3, 12-14, talks about forgetting what lies behind and striving forward to what lies ahead. Pressing on to what lies ahead. And that's really pressing on to the upward call of Christ, right? Our Lord. Uh, We see this in Peter. Peter's life is an amazing example of it, right? Jesus calls him and he immediately forsakes all and follows him. (laughs) And then you see this all throughout his time with Jesus from daring Jesus to walk on water, asking to be sitting beside him in the kingdom (laughs) and chopping the dude's ear off, uh, the the soldier's ear off. And you also see it after he denies Jesus three times and gets reinstated by Jesus, he ends up leading the church and the beginning of the church and the founding of the church. Um, He was able to lead others well because he first never settled and, and strove and led himself well in that, not perfectly. Um, And then you see this in the Old Testament, right? Joseph is a great example of this. He gets thrown into the pit, even in being faithful, for years and years and years of leading himself well. And after many years, over a decade of time, God finally rewards his faithfulness by making him second in command in the world. He goes from being in jail, second in command in the world in one day. as the power of God. And that's the reward of faithfulness. So he couldn't have done that if he wasn't leading himself well first. Same is true with David. King David gets anointed king at a young age, and then he had to wait almost 15 years before he was crowned king of Judah. And during that time, he had to lead himself well, be faithful with where God had him in order to lead the future um, as king and do that well um, as a a follower of God. So this is an important concept. You must lead yourself well before you can lead others well. Now this is really important for the younger generation. (laughs) You know, we need to really focus on this, but this isn't an age specific thing and it doesn't go away with age. It doesn't go away when you're shepherding and leading others. Even when you are in a position of leadership, you still have to lead yourself well. And what this looks like is being disciplined to rest taking time to be alone with God, to have intimacy with God, uh, spending time refreshing your soul, uh, spending time getting poured in from others, from friends, family, from other peers. Um, and it, it means not trying to be Superman. A lot of times we try to take on and be Christ when ultimately we need to look for Christ, to Christ for who and what he's accomplished. So at the end of the day, we need to lead ourselves in order to lead others well. And that means being faithful. How can we be faithful today to take ownership individually, um, understanding who God's created, equipped, and called us to be with our strengths and weaknesses, and never settling for that call, for less than that call. We can't settle for anything less. We are kingdom heirs with Christ, so let us walk for it. in that. I hope this has been encouragement as we lead ourselves well so that we can lead others well.
0: Well, on next week's episode, we have another first-time author, but long-time friend. It is my good friend, Pastor Pilgrim Benham, over in Bradenton, Florida, pastors uh, Calvary Shoreline, a great church, and I just love hanging out with him, love having him part of my life, be a friend, and we actually had a sit-down conversation to dis- discuss the topic of leadership development pipeline. Uh, what does that look like? What is your system? And just sort of talking through this uh, new book that he wrote was all about that. It's about pipeline and about system and just developing people, and so I know that it's going to be a great time to give you that conversation content. But until next time, keep growing, keep learning. I'm glad you're a part of this community that not only am I being able to pour wisdom into you, but you're learning from the people that are pouring into me. And so it's just a really cool thing. Thank you so much for being a part of this community. Thank you for helping me spread the word, liking things on social media, giving great reviews and uh, continue to do so. Continue to let people know that all these resources are at eeleaders.com, encouraging equipping leaders is our goal here and so I pray that you are encouraged and you are equipped this week God bless you thank you so much for listening to this leadership lessons podcast you can watch all the episodes and get all the show notes at EELeaders.com if this podcast was a blessing to you I would love for you to share it with your friends on social media you can find us on social media at EELeaders You can also help us spread the word by simply writing a review on iTunes or Google Play. My hope for you with this podcast is that it will encourage you and equip you to continue to serve Jesus. Because remember, there's nothing better than doing what God has called you to do.